It's a beautiful day on the internet, a beautiful day for a retweet. Would you be mine? Could you be mine? It's a toxic comment day on this anonymous board, a horrible day for Reddit. Would you be mine? Could you be mine? I have always wanted to have a follower just like you. I've always wanted to livestream an unboxing for you. So let's make the most of this public forum. Since we're online, let's avoid the doldrums. Would you be mine? Could you be mine? Won't you be my Patreon subscriber at patreon.com slash x underscore master chief underscore super saiyan five underscore x. <laughs> oh, I, I grinned through all of that. That was great. Oh, thank you. That was, that was very funny. I, did you see that documentary that came out last year? The Mr. Rogers one? Yeah. I saw like 20 or 30 minutes of it on HBO and I was like, I need to get around to watching this whole thing because I have a feeling uh, this will be really good to see the entirety of. But then I haven't done that. Yeah. I, I thought it was good. Um, I've never watched Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood before. Really? Yeah. And I just, I never cared for it. Um, nothing about it was appealing. When I was a when I was a very young child, I didn't even like TV so much as uh like I liked cartoons, but I don't remember watching any cartoons. I remember being fascinated with the idea of animation and cartoons. Mm-hmm. So it's like I had as much fun that I had as much fun watching a commercial as an actual like show for children. Sure. Um. So I just I never got into that stuff, like children. I'm children's surprised you never got into cartooning. Uh, yeah. But anyways, I had movie pass, <laughs> and Mr. Rogers' documentary came out, and it's like, well, you know what? Everybody seems really, like, attached to this guy. I don't have to pay for the ticket. I'll just, let's watch this. This will be a good, like, feel-good movie. Maybe I'll get it by the end. And I realized something halfway through the movie. Um, Me and Mr. Rogers actually have a lot in common. Yeah. We're both, um, how to... We're both very attractive. Oh, sure. I mean, he's like the most fuckable man, and I've seen your picture. And Right. But we also, like on top of the natural beauty, we prioritize fashion over other facets of our life. Mm. And there's a, there's a quality there that suddenly, like it kind of resonated with me where it's like, okay, I get why people like this guy. And it's probably why people like me. So I walked out of that theater feeling pretty good. Well, that's good. Everyone needs yeah. a good pick-me-up. Yeah. And How I bet all you? the people that saw you spraying ten thousand boners. So, yeah, that's a good feeling knowing that yeah. I'm I'm helping everybody out a little bit. You spread the joy of Belky Precom. Yeah, yeah. I need a. In fact, that'll be our T-shirt. I like that. We'll I would wear that, on, that on the shirt. I could bring that to work and then get yelled at. It would be great. We'll print that on the back of the shirt, but we won't tell people that's what's printed on the back. <laughs> that's a good idea. Ah. Oh. How was your week, Chad? My week's been interesting. I got a company credit card, That's and I made cool. my first purchase. I had to order some safety floodlights for if the power ever goes out, they kick on. And those things are kind of expensive. I had to order five of them, so that was neat. We had a big customer audit, because we had a customer, we we sold them like $80,000 worth of parts, and they're like, the parts are wrong, you need to reprint them. We are like, no, the parts are right, You're what you're telling us now is wrong. They're like we're gonna audit you, and it's like, oh, geez, I wonder why. I'm trying to get your eighty grand back, 
And so they ended up going to our department, and uh, I had to, like, wade my way through that, and it went really well. So that was fun. That's good. How's the... Uh, I want to celebrate this week, our uh, our first week of sobriety in a while. Oh, yeah, we can talk about that. Yeah, how you doing? Well, my friend came over on Friday, and we drank about a half a bottle of bourbon. Okay. So, sobriety month is off to a fantastic start if we measure it in failure. I will salute to your success. There we go. I haven't had a drink since, so it's been another, like, five days. That's pretty good. Um, I really want a beer, like, like hardcore want a beer, so that's fun. I went to I went to the gas station to get something to drink, and I'm just like, okay, I can't I can't have beer. What else they got? And all the fun stuff has like 40 plus grams of sugar in it. So I'm trying to avoid sugar. So I got a hot chocolate because I'm an asshole. But also, it didn't say how much sugar was in it, so I don't feel as bad. Oh, that works. But there's less sugar in beer. Beer is healthier for me than this hot chocolate. If we're measuring health and sugar. Yeah, I got. I love. Um, I love my Arizona tea. I've been drinking a lot of tea lately. Unsweetened or sweetened? Uh, this one's sweetened. I have an unsweetened one later. Mm. I, I kind of like them all. Yeah, I got a coworker who drinks. He used to drink like mega sweetened tea, and he's like, now I drink semi sweet tea, and it's like, yeah, there's still as much sugar in here as there's a can of Coke, dude. Like, this isn't that healthy for you. It's just tastes different, but it's still it's still way too much sugar for you. And he drinks like three a day. Yeah, so that's that's fun. Crazy. I like um. I've also well, I, so uh, let's hit do a dry April. That'll be good. And it's like okay, yeah. I'm thinking, hey, be a really good month to just completely detox my system. Mm-hmm. So I'm also gonna like really heavily cut back on caffeine. Oh, good. Good luck with that. Well, yeah, that's been harder than the alcohol thing. Do you drink a lot of coffee? I do. And uh, honestly, um, I was <laughs> last week. I wasn't doing so great. This week, I feel like I feel healthier. Hmm. I got through the week. Um, now I haven't cut like cold turkey. I still like I had a soda and that has some caffeine in it, but I haven't like had a cup of coffee. Did you just get decaf coffee? Uh, I don't. Uh, no, I don't care. I mean, it's I like, guess. I, I'm just like, I, let's not even think about it. I'll just drink water. Sure. I'll drink tea. Um, in fact, there's a little bit of caffeine in green tea. And so it's like, I think that's helping fight off the headache, but I'm not getting that buzz. And I'm right. starting to, like, my body's readjusting to not needing a buzz to get through the workday. See, my, my switch then is, okay, I'm not going to drink booze when I get home, so I'll have coffee instead. And so I'm, like, doubling up on coffee this month as, as an alternative to yeah. uh, whiskey and beer. I don't. I don't feel like the caffeine affects me that much, though. Well, that's the thing. It. I never felt that way before. But like, I mean, not to get too personal, but like, I'm feeling health reasons to maybe cut back on caffeine. Sure. And it's like, oh, you know what? Maybe I was just so dull to it. I didn't realize how much it was affecting me. Well, because I only usually have like one cup of coffee a day, right? And I don't really drink soda anymore, so I feel like I don't get hit with the caffeine. Like I, I'm. I feel like I, I'm okay in that front, right? Like, I'm drinking, like, two cups of coffee a day now instead of the one. Which means I'm doubling it, but my double isn't that yeah. much. It's not like I'm drinking four cups like some of the people I work with. Yeah, that's more reasonable. Mm-hmm. I don't know. 
So what I really need to do is lift weights and shit, because my arms are just like these gangly, gross noodles covered in hair. Yeah. I'm revolting. So speaking of uh, noodles covered in hair, uh, this week's topic is pizza. Oh, can I bitch about furries real quick? Yay! I want to talk about my first book and how I I sent that to publishing houses. That's right. You're, You're just telling me about this. Oh my god. Okay. So this is six months ago. I finished editing the um I finished my last edit of the book. It had been years since I looked at it. I went through it, I cleaned it up one more time, and I was like, you know, it's not perfect, but I stand by it. Like this is a decent book for my first book. I'm happy with it. I like the characters, whatever. There's two publishing houses I hadn't sent it to that I know about. So I sent it to one, and they're like, it okay. Uh, backstory, it's it's a high fantasy book that's about 120,000 words, so it's a bigger book. The one is like, we really like this idea, we're going to get back to you as soon as we can, we're swamped. Four months go by, hey, have you taken a look at this? Five months go by, hey, can you check this out? And I get a, I get a rejection letter, oh, hey, sorry, yeah, we don't really deal with this genre or length. Uh, that's what it came down to. And so then that one was over, and it's like, seriously? Because you told me you were really looking forward to reading it, and then and then now you're telling me you maybe didn't even read the fucking query letter all the way through because you didn't know what fucking genre it was. You stupid piece of shit. So that was the first one that pissed me off. The second one is the funnier one, and that's... I know that there's a, there's a, a publishing house that's largely for furry literature and erotica and, and books with talking animals, and then other non-stuff too, but not as much. Um... And I was like, well, my book's got talking animals in it. I'm out of options. Let us sell my soul to the furry devil. So I sent a query letter to them, to one of the agents that deals with what, what, I, what I'm peddling. Now, I don't know his name. He, he wanted to be referred to by his fursona, uh, which was a red flag. I went and looked at his... I remember looking at his Twitter, and it was just a hot fucking mess of, like cropped porn pictures of of fairy characters and like yelling at politicians he didn't like and really stupid memes and you're just like jesus i don't know why anybody would want to be associated with this man so i'm definitely going to send him the first three chapters of my book six months go by and then he rejects me and i'm just like man fuck you (laughs) like i feel like I don't even know why he rejected me like six months ago. He could, he might not even be looking for this kind of book anymore, right? And so, and I might, and I probably dodged a bullet because let's be honest, he wasn't like on the up and up, but it still pisses me off because it's like, I can't believe this motherfucker doesn't want it. This is like his, you know, MO, right? Like, I, I don't know if I should laugh or be upset that like my target audience was like, no, we are not accepting this book. One of my favorite uh, Family Guy moments was when Brian got his book published and it didn't sell well. Mm-hmm. And then, like, he got a letter from, like, the, the Quahog, uh Special Literacy Club or something. And they wanted to honor him for being a like, great author. So he shows up and it's literally, like, a special ed class. <laughs> and the teacher's saying, like, oh, yeah, they, they just love your book because they found it very accessible. And easy for them to comprehend. <laughs> it's like, I I don't know. It it's kind of rough. Like like you said, you 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 don't necessarily want to be published by the wrong publisher, right? Because maybe that matters, and maybe it doesn't. 
I could not I, I brag if they if they accepted the book, right? Like, I wouldn't be, like, going to work, like, I'm getting my, my books published. Right. And they'd be like, oh, yeah, by who? And I'd be like, I can't tell you because they have the Marvel. word Howl in their name. And their logo <laughs> is a werewolf. And that's not cool. That's really uh, cringy. But at the same time, I want validation. And so I'm, I'm stuck between those two pillars, right? And that's... Yeah, I mean, it's, it's weird. I saw that... Uh... I told you about that Star Wars fan fiction book that was published about um, uh, Kylo Ren and Rey dating. Oh, yeah. And it's like, it, it's written so poorly where mm-hmm. it's not just the cringe material that this is fan fiction about characters dating from a movie. And it's not just that it's about Star Wars. Like, they set up lore about characters coming from certain planets and then the author forgot the names of planets and kind of changed it halfway through and no one caught that. Oh, wow. Like, it's bad. Yeah. And it's, like, it's published and people bought it. And I'm trying to figure out, like, where where's the threshold where there, there's, like, a weird, uh, there's a skip. There's, like, a bar to reach, but there's a secondary bar that's, if you're low enough, you get that one. But if you're in the middle, you don't get published. Yeah, I I, I feel that way too. And I, I don't know if I feel that way because it it's, it's therapeutic to be like, oh, well, I'm not as bad as Divergent, so of course I didn't get published. But I'm not as good as Good Omen, so of course I didn't get published. Kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I'm in the Merchants Guild on Discord. And... There's this weird, I, I don't know where this came from, because there's, there's always been jokes about, haha, uh, we hate furries because they're furries. Mm-hmm. But uh, we didn't used to have mods. Something happened, and now we have to have mods. Oh. One, one of the people that Seth chose for a mod, uh, their name is Furry Jesus. <laughs> and so it's not just like a secret. It's like they're out there with, the, they're purposely being obnoxious about it. Oh, sure. And um, <laughs> he's a he's a pretty cool guy, but when people get annoyed, he likes to poke back, and sometimes that kind of instigates stuff. So there's been this weird like furry purge on the the merchants guild, and what's really funny to me is how it feels like it's 2008 or something. Yeah, like there's something about it where like, oh, are we still sharing these jokes? Are these still funny? Is that still a thing? I guess I'm kind of laughing at it, but I don't know if it's because of, like, the nostalgia or yeah. if it's still funny. That's the thing. Some of these guys are, like, serious about it and it's like, oh, that's kind of sad that this is the most upsetting thing to you. I keep posting this picture whenever it comes up where um, it's this classic drawing of a furry, like, face palming at the computer and just has the text, when I see furry hate, oh, ugh. Yeah, that's good. It makes me laugh. Man. I had a weird blast from the past. I don't know if I should say this because it, it it it's admits to being being a degenerate. But I was on E621 doing what you do on E621, and I scrolled down to the comments, and there were people complaining about a new mod because uh, she was deleting comments that they thought were fine. And I recognized the mod's username for a, a different furry forum I used to frequent in 2007. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, it's the same person. It's that person. Evidently I... not much has changed it for her. <laughs> for her, haha. Uh-huh. Look at me, I'm funny. Uh, yeah, I saw I saw art come up once where I recognized the character just from the thumbnail. 
like it was that kind of obnoxious for coloration where it's like oh i know exactly who that person is yeah and i and i like <laughs> click into it and i look further and it's like oh i met this person on second life 10 years ago and they have not updated their look at all and they're like i, I look into it, it's like wow the past 10 years they've been putting a lot of money into these commissioned artworks damn like their their life hasn't changed drastically from what i can tell it is it is weird when you get like you know some of the uh, small world shit right i remember running into um prime on uh eogaf uh, oh really back when i went there yeah and, I, cause, and, I, and the only reason i knew it was him is because he was using the same um icon from trolls of sanctuary right and i was like oh my god i know that like that's him because he had a completely different username and so, like that was that was just kind of crazy to me. And you know, every once in a while, I'd see his see him post something, and it's like, oh, hey, there he is again. I don't know. It's um, it's weird. You get the you get one of those uh, like the, the it's a large, it feels like a small world. Like we had a dude at work get fired because it turns out he was a piece of shit, and he was a he was dating someone he worked with, and then attacked her. Um, cool. Yeah. So that was a great story. And then like a week ago, I find out that. A friend I know, someone she knows, is dating him. Hmm. And and I'm just like, oh my god, she should probably not do that. <laughs> and I'm just like, what are the fucking odds? Yeah, I kind of, I've made some enemies at work where one of my paranoias is if I get a job somewhere else, I'll actually like bump into some of these people. Mm. Um, Like one of them, if he's not in an institution... I'm going to be afraid for my life. Huh. And I mean, uh, like, they got fired, or...? N- no. Um, they they had a complete mental breakdown and actually, like, actually pulled out a gun and shot at his own daughter because oh, he Jesus. didn't recognize her. Like, that bad crazy? Yeah, no, that's but not he also, funny crazy. Yeah, yeah, like, after that happened... He's still not in jail or anything, and somebody saw him like roaming the fairgrounds, like mumbling about my job. Like, it's like, oh, those, uh, that company. It was that company. It was that company. And it's like, oh, that's good that he still remembers me. Wow. I'm that glad. That's pretty freaky. Yeah. It's like, thanks for the, the news on that. I'm pretty sure it's totally legit to carry like a box cutter with you. Because, you know, you're like, oh, I work in a warehouse, I open boxes all the time. This is a utility thing, not self-defense. But also, if a crazy person attacks you, you can try and cut him. Yeah, I could actually, like, deflect the bullets with the little knife. Yeah, like the Roroni Kenshin. I've been getting really good at, um, Sekiro. Shadows die twice. Pew, 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 deflect all the bullets. My brother was playing that game earlier and yelling at a, a giant ape with a sword and, a hand, and his head in his hand. And I was just yeah, like, I, yeah, I, this is... I still haven't gotten there. Mm. I'm I'm really bad at the game. Okay, so people are like really whining that games should have an easy mode in them. Oh yeah, I've run into this debate. So I I have a question that no one's been able to answer for me yet. What would an easy mode of Sekiro even look like? That's a good question because to me the answer is okay, the people who can't beat it and want an easy mode, they still want I think they want a comparable experience, they just want it at their skill level. So they still want to be challenged, because the whole point of the game is that there's a challenge to it to overcome. They're just not able to overcome the current one at all, for whatever reason. You know, maybe they just, they don't get it, they're, they're arthritis in their hands or some shit, I don't know. So my, my, my guess would be, 
you'd make it easier, but not like Yoshi's Island easy or, or Kirby's Dreamland easy or whatever. You'd you'd make it just a little more accessible. You know, take out some of like the instant kill hits or, or whatever, and, and call it good. But what's left? Like honestly, the these games don't have much to them. I don't know if that's true. I mean, it's a big world. There's lots of lore. There's no neat not gameplay. This one. Maybe. Oh, I don't know. Then I, I, I mean, I have no interest in playing this game at all. I, there's not much to the game. Like uh, honestly, I spent um, a little over a, a week playing it, mm-hmm. and I cleared maybe two bosses total. But because I kept dying and losing and learning, and it got to the point where it's like, oh, I get them now. Okay. So, like I. <laughs> I went over to Richard's house. Hi, Richard. Hi, Richard. I went to Richard's house. Richard. Yeah, let me check. Um, I went to Richard's house, and then I'm like, "Hey, I want to play Sekiro," and he's like, "I haven't, um, I haven't installed it yet." And so I was like, "Well, I'll install it and play on your save file because I'm Cameron." <laughs> so I was doing that, and so it's like, "Okay, I just want to like, I want to rush through this real fast." And in one sitting on his couch, like within an hour, I caught up to where I was. Oh, wow. Because there's, the game's very, very short. Like, none of the boss fights are actually that challenging. You have to just learn them. So I don't know. I, I watched my brother fight the last boss, and it was funny like how I did not know what was going on. There's so many like bars filling up and draining. And I'm just like, I think I get it. But also, oh, yeah, I can't it, tell. All the attacks look the same. And it gets better at the end and stuff. It's just like... What I what I was struggling with this whole time, not actually much of a fight. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, when I think about, like, what if this game let me just revive infinitely? Then I would just, I would defeat every boss on my first try. So what if it gave me, like, five lives instead of just two? I would probably beat a lot of these bosses on my first try. Like, I... I feel like I would get bored of this game if it was if there was an easy mode that just like reduced a number on a health bar or something, and it was easy enough that all these people that want to play it could play it. They'd have like a weekend out of it. Hmm. I don't know. It seems like my brother put about thirty hours in, but I know a lot of that was because he died a lot. Well, yeah, that's what the game is about. It's about like losing and learning. That's the game. I don't think people have a, a problem with that. It's more of like the dexterity required or just the being able to... Uh, yeah, but there's two buttons. You see a thing and you have to react to it and having the reaction time to do that properly. Yeah. But then why why get an action game at all? I mean, you know, there, there's a good point there. Uh, I, I, it's I, one of those, I don't have a horse in the race. and if, if I don't think there's a problem with adding an easy mode to games because you get more people to play it. Well, and, yeah, and and that's the thing. If they want to put in an easy mode, that's a thing that they could do. What confuses me is I don't see the fun in that. Not because I'm I'm so cool because I like challenging games. It's like I, there's literally no content here if you take away the one thing that works. Sure. And that's the challenge part. Um, did you ever play uh, Getting Over It? No. Are you familiar with that? Where's like a guy in a pot with a hammer? No. So it's this weird kind of physics game. You're a guy in a pot and you use the mouse to kind of aim a hammer and you use that hammer to like push yourself along and you you hook onto the side of a cliff and you have to like pull yourself up. 
and there's a lot of just really frustrating moments where like you'll hit something just wrong and you fall and you fall all the way down the mountain and it's designed very intentionally to frustrate you and and kind of kick you when you're down and ask you to try again and the whole time it's being narrated by the guy that made the game huh and he's actually he's the guy that made Quop. Okay, yeah, the, I, this kind of sounded like it was probably yeah. by him. And yeah, and he, he made some other stuff too. But he talks about like life lessons, and he talks about this game, and he talks about his other games. But mostly, it comes back with a point about the importance of not giving up and the importance of reflecting on, like, not just your limits, but the reality that you can choose if it's your limit or if you want to work on it or not. That's fair. And it's like, if there was an easy mode, because someone's like, I want to hear all these life lessons, but I can't play the game. I don't know that any of the lessons would mean anything to you if you didn't hear them after falling off a mountain. Sure. It's very deliberately constructed. Like, game design is something I take very seriously. Some people say that I just want, I wish that the game would drop more loot. Well, the game wasn't designed around that. And I'm sorry that you feel sad that Anthem doesn't have enough loot in it or something. But maybe, you know, (laughs) maybe that's not a problem with the game. Maybe the game is about flying around and shooting things and not getting cosmetic loot. Sure. And maybe there's other games where it's about getting cosmetic loot all the time. You just boot up Diablo 3 and loot drops all the time. I find that really boring because you're getting so much stuff all the time that nothing feels special. So I don't play it. And then Anthem comes out, and when you get something rare, it's actually rare. And it's like, oh, exciting. I'm happy. So for me personally, it's working out better. So I kind of, I hate when they're like, they should change this because it's not the way I want it to be. And it's like, yeah, but some people are liking it. So why can't you find something you like? I feel like Anthem's maybe a bad example because it's got that multiplayer aspect to it. Whereas with something like Sekiro, where it wouldn't change the game for you or the people who like it the way it is if they made it if they added some kind of accessibility mode for other people. Yes. It and comes with, down to like this weird like that, gatekeeping it, thing that doesn't really matter to anybody. So it's really, you know, I, it, to me, it's a weird debate to have because you choose to play the game the way you want to play it. And you just, you can choose to keep playing it your way. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's what Darksiders three added it basically an easy mode that, uh, to it because people were complaining that it didn't play like the first two Darksiders games it was too hard so the, they patched in okay now it plays like the first two Darksiders games as far as um damage and it goes so you take right. a lot less damage and, and I that's... chose to continue playing it the way they had made it because I was finding that fun but it yeah, didn't that's bother a great me example. that they... yeah that's a great example of it being a little too hard they listen to feedback and yeah adding the easy mode doesn't take away from the the harder mode I just, I mean, I didn't necessarily want to start this whole debate. Going back to my first thing, I don't know how to make Sekiro an easier game. And that's a completely different question, right? Yeah. Because, so I, and I've never I sent you a it. boss fight. Okay. Tell me how you would make this boss fight easier. You got it there? Well, I would give Sekiro a gun because this is America. So here's this ninja lady, and she she swings at you and she throws things, but you can just kind of hit her. This is a challenging boss that a lot of people get stuck on. But if I mean, you hit it's her, the, it's she the flinches. It's the thing, right? Because yeah, it's just with slightly different mechanics. Is you got to parry and, and mess with your meters. 
So what I like about this game and what they did differently than like Bloodborne, there's a health meter like normal, but there's also a posture meter. Mm -hmm. And if you knock someone off of posture, you can like one hit KO them. And all the instructions keep saying how like the way of Shinobi is to keep relentlessly attacking so they lose posture. Like, you never let your opponent rest. You have to, like, be relentless with how hard you hit your opponent. And so I kept fighting this, like, a noble warrior or, like, it's just a Dark Souls boss where I have to watch my stamina. But you, the player, don't have stamina. And it's like, oh, I have to stop letting the boss regain their stamina. I have to keep making them flinch. And then it's like, oh, if I don't let her get any of her attacks off, it's actually not that bad. Yeah, this that's this what fight took like. me a week, but when I figured it out, it's like, oh, I can just do this my first try now. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, it's like, oh, okay, so I had a lot of fun figuring out the puzzle here, and I feel like none of this is necessarily reflexes or, um, like learning fighting game combos. Okay, well, you, you, you used a good interesting term, right? Because people keep viewing this as a fighting game when. I've also heard other people describe it more as a stealth game, and now you just described it as a puzzle game. Because once you crack the puzzle to the fight, it's really easy. And so it's a matter right. of figuring out the fight. Whereas, I know with like the Bloodborne and Dark Souls games, I had a bit of that, but it was largely memorizing moves and combos. It wasn't... Because the, the, how you fought the boss has never changed. It was always slash, slash, slash. Um, so, you know, Ludwig's got like three different swipes, and then he does something different after each swipe, and you have to memorize the the movement cues so you can move out of the way or um or learn how to dodge through them because you have the invincibility frames right but there's no puzzle to it whereas this maybe is more of one because oh if you fight her this way she really can't do fucking anything you just need to realize that you need to fight her that way yeah there's another boss where he has armor so you can't actually hurt his health and the only way you can hurt him is by breaking his posture but you don't actually kill him that way but when you break his posture, you can do an attack where you push him back and you have to push him off a bridge. But it, the game does not explain any of this to you. So and it's see, like, so that oh. Would be, if, you're, if, if you have a game that's being marketed as like this cool action game that's hard, that's like a Soulsborne thing made by from software, but then it's not that kind of game. The game has to teach you what kind of game it is early on, and if they do a bad job of it, then people have a right to be frustrated because the game's not teaching them how to play it, right? Yeah, but they also they teach you how to do this stuff because it, it comes up a lot. Okay, well, I mean, people are stupid too. Like, and that's that's. I mean, God, we enjoy had that problem all the time. We we're trying to do, like, how do we teach people to play the land of glass and have that make sense, but not be like super handholdy because people don't like that either. And it gets to a point where it's like, okay, we really just have to have a tutorial part that kind of spells things out because we're having so many problems with our beta players going, I don't get this. And it's like, well, we can have all the visual cues in the world, but I guess if you don't get it, we have to just be like, this is how you do it. Then you have people who don't fucking read that and are like, I don't get it. And it's like, way to go, dude. Thank you for much. Thank you so much. You know, like, because we have, God, we had that problem with like fucking like Twitch streamers and stuff. Like, I don't get how to play this game. And it's like, yeah, you missed, you, you skipped through the tutorial and didn't read any of the words, you dipshit. Right. So what's making me think about this is, because like I said, I'm still stuck on an early part of the game. I'm not Mm -hmm. progressed through it really fast, but I'm listening to podcasts where some of these people have beaten the game already and they beat it on New Game Plus. And one guy in particular pointed out like 
and I'm hearing this from more people now that more people are clearing through the game, because it's only been out for like what two weeks, something like that, two or three. It's like it's really that's a really short amount of time to already say this game's too hard for me. Like people don't have any patience at all. It was like the weekend of people like, where's the easy mode? I haven't beaten it yet, and it's been two hours. Yeah, no, that's but, that's fair too. But from people that have beaten it, I'm hearing this recurring trend that there's no point to replay it. Like you play through it once, and you can pick new game plus, and there's like a hard mode where you take more damage, and the bosses are like a little harder to defend against, and um, it's supposed to be more challenging. But the reality is that it's all actually kind of easier because by then you've mastered everything so much that you plow through it all. Even though they make it more challenging, you solved the puzzle. So you know how to make that one boss flinch right and you just do the same thing again and all the hard parts are irrelevant. Yeah. And it's like, oh, yeah. With the Soulsborne games, there's so many different weapons and like the level up system, you can go down kind of like different paths on how you want to play and so my brother's played through those games like probably a dozen fucking times now, but he always he can do something different every time he plays it. Whereas Sekiro doesn't look like it has those options. Which is a shame for people who really like this kind of game and want to be able to yeah, get dry. For for the long term fans, I think that's the biggest legitimate complaint you could give is that there's no reason to play it more than once. Cause also there's not even like that much hidden lore. Like that's a that's a fun part of Dark Souls is trying to piece together the world, and mm-hmm. with this one they kind of just explain everything and hand it to you. That's so even with that front, if there was more to the story where it's like I can see why people want to see where this goes, maybe they're frustrated because they want to see the ending. But it's like I don't care. I don't know why anyone would want to play this game if they don't want to be challenged because there's nothing else to enjoy here. I guess the one of the things I've heard is that the. The challenge and overcoming the challenge, just to some people aren't finding it fun in this game. It plays differently than the the Soulsborne games, and so it's like, well, I, I enjoyed getting good when I played Bloodborne. I don't enjoy trying to get good when I play Sekiro, but that comes down to personal taste and what you want out of a game like this. And that's a funny thing too, because I I don't really like Dark Souls that much, and when Bloodborne came out, it's like, oh, this is kind of different. And those differences made me think, oh, I sort of want to learn this one more. And it was a little more appealing mm-hmm. to me. And then with this one, it's like, okay, no, this is my jam. Because I really love ninja stuff. And I really love the a lot of the stuff they work into the gameplay is totally the kind of like samurai movie garbage that I like. So it's like, okay, I guess this one's for me. Richard can have... Bloodborne, joking of Dark Souls, but this one's mine. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, so it's like, hey. I do think too. We have to realize that like, not everything is for everyone, and people have different tastes and things. And because it does seem like there is like something comes out, and it's not just a matter of not liking. It's just like, why wasn't this made for me? And it's like, well, because it wasn't. Not everything is made for you. And there is that kind of entitled line that permeates Twitter. And yeah, I feel pretty like much. It's probably always been around, but it's just it's easier to see it now. It's it's more or people write fucking news articles about it now, like, oh people are mad about this. I'm just gonna comprise a news article of like twenty different tweets from strangers that don't give a sh- don't matter, you know, like they're just normal fucking people, like who gives a fuck? But that's its own thing, right? I mean like journalism everywhere is dying, but games journalism doesn't 
you know, it didn't have as far to fall, I guess. Yeah. If I knew we were going to talk about this, I would have got Joe on, because I know he's probably got a shitload of opinions on Sekiro. Oh, my goodness. I'm sorry, I just opened Twitter. This is amazing, dude. They just, they're adding two new Tholian ships to Star Trek Online. Oh, neat. After I spent the last, like, two years getting the one Tholian ship that's in the game. Oh, no. <laughs> now they're putting in two that have better stats and look cooler. Oh. Oh. They look cool, dude. <laughs> well, two years oh. from now, you can have one, and they'll, then they'll add three more. So they actually... It looks like they have the same web technology. Oh, they look neat. Ah, this is frustrating. But I'm also excited, because I want them so bad. <laughs> <laughs> Reminds me when I bought Shreddage 2, and then like two months later, they're like, here's Shreddage 3, it's even better in every way. It's like, cool, wish I'd have known about this, uh, I'm not going to buy the new one, because this is $120, you bastards. Of course, here's the other thing, these both look like they're kind of offense-based, and I, the, the one that I got is kind of a tanky one, and I kind of wonder if uh, maybe my tank build is best left as is. Sure. It's a cool looking ship for the listeners. I don't even know how I'd describe it. It's um it's got some points on it and some glowy bits. Uh it looks like it's made out of rock, but with glowy bits. So did you ever see the episode with the Tholian web? No. So they do this cool thing where they have this like laser technology where they have these like hard constructed beams that will just completely destroy anything that they touch but they don't really move. So they can establish them and they can make these barriers in space. Oh, kind of like in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy when all the ships connected at the end. Yeah. It's a lot like that. So what's like there was this neat episode where the Enterprise like stalled out and they're in enemy territory and these Tholians show up. It's like, what are you doing in our space? And we're like, we're trying to get our engines fixed. We're, we're looking for an escape pod that escaped. And they're like, well, up yours. We're going to kill you. And so the Tholian ships are like slowly making a web around the Enterprise while they're trying to fix the engines and, and save the captain or whatever. And it's this cool visual on the like 70s, you know, special effects. Yeah. Um, It actually looked pretty neat. And it's this weird thing where that's like the one time Tholians ever showed up in Star Trek. And it's like they're not that obscure because they get mentioned, but you never see them do anything because all they can do is make walls. And it's like, how do you write a plot around that that we haven't covered it already? Well, you make the lead Tholi and Donald Trump, and he's going to build his space wall. I did a political satire, everybody. You know what? We should watch that episode of Star Trek Continues where it was a political satire. I didn't know there was one. That would be fun. Aren't they all kind of political satires? Because it's like, in yeah, the future... But, well, of the real ones, yeah. That this show was pretty much commentary. Mm-hmm. Um, with Star Trek Continues, it was less messagey and more fan service, but they wrote one that legitimately could have just been on air. But it's like <laughs> they they go to this planet. Um, it, it, realistically, will you ever watch this? Probably not. No. Let's spoil it then. They go to this planet because this planet's like we want to join the Federation. So it's like okay, we'll show up. So they show up, and the planet's in black and white. 
and it turns out that there's like some radiation in the air or space or something where it changes the way light works. So their planet's always been grayscale. Huh. And it's like, well, that's weird, but whatever. So they're talking to the guy that's in charge of the planet. And he's like, we'd like to join the Federation, please. And like, why do you want to join the Federation? He's like, well, because we're afraid of the terrorists and you could help us protect ourselves from the terrorists. It's like, well, what terrorists? And there's like a sister planet that's like in the same orbit. And they're always attacking. And so, oh, no, that's scary. So it turns out they're not always attacking. There's like refugee ships that come in close to the planet and then get shot down by turrets. So it's like, well, it kind of looks like you're shooting at them. <laughs> like, are you are you sure they're terrorists? It's like, if they got here, they'd ruin everything. It's like, okay, I don't know. So the story goes on, and by the end, they're like, hey, we really think you should just work it out with that other planet, because you two have a lot in common. And they're like, oh, we refuse to. They're, they're animals. They're horrible people. And <laughs> so they're like, okay, well, hey, we, we figured out a problem to help with your with your sun problem, we're going to like give you guys color. And they released this like time delay radiation poisoning thing that like would fix the atmosphere. And it shines color on everything. And it turns out that half the population was space Mexicans all along. (laughs) (laughs) That got through the barrier. (laughs) And the guy that's like king of the planet, his wife is a space Mexican. And he's like, no, and his half space Mexican daughter is like, Father, it's true. We're we're not so disunlike you and I. And and he's like, No, I have been the fool all along. Then they leave. Pretty much. That's that's great. That's it's stupid, but it's great. It's, like it's it. the kind of thing where like you could actually picture that. This is fan fiction and it flowed just like a real episode. It was amazing. <laughs> so we're 42 minutes in do we want to just keep shooting the shit and save our topic topic for next week I want to talk more about furries why aren't there more furries in Star Trek that's a good question I think I don't know maybe it doesn't <laughs> man oh. I really want the ship I'm kind of irked because it's. I'm reading into it it's uh the only way to get it is in the loot boxes, and those are not very lucrative. That sucks. Yeah, so loot I'm, boxes I'm just, ruin everything. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be content with my ship, I guess, because <laughs> I don't think I'm ever gonna get these anyways. Sure. Oh, MLP uh, season nine started. I can talk about that real quick. Yeah, this is gonna be the final season, or yep. Okay, final solution season. Um. Well, I think I'm funny. Anyways, uh, <laughs> oh man, it was really not good. Oh no, it was a it was a bad two parter. Like, the episode opens, they run into the to uh, to see the the Luna and Celestia because there's something real important, and they figure there's okay, what's on fire now? They come and they're panting, and they're like, okay, tell us what's the problem. What 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 do we gotta solve with friendship? And then Luna's just like, oh no. Uh, we're gonna retire, and we want you to just take over the entire kingdom. Yeah. And they're just like, really? That's that's a horrible idea. It's like, no, we think you can do it because you're the princess of friendship. And then everyone else, like Twilight's, like hyperventilating into a paper bag, and everyone else is like, well, you know, Twilight, if we stick together and if they believe in you, we can probably do it. 
It's like, thanks, Applejack. Mrs. I run a farm, but not very well. I'm sure you would make a great politician. Or Rarity's like, oh, we could we could impose rules of fashion. And it's like, Rarity, I think we need to bring you to the guillotine. <laughs> you, you stupid bitch. And it, well, it's like, well, okay, I guess we can do it if my friends think it's fine. But it'll be like a couple years, right? And they're like, no, it'll be like three days. And so she starts hyperventilating a bit. And then meanwhile, the League of Villains, who haven't been reformed yet, get together. And they're just like, we have to take out them ponies once and for all. And Sombra's like, I don't like being friends with people. I'm going to go take the Crystal Empire by myself. Because for some reason, he still wants the Crystal Empire. Does he this actually all... talk this time? Cause yeah, and his voice is awful. Before. He is so uh-huh. annoying when he talks. Like, it was so much more fun as, like, the storm that was trying to destroy that place. Like, as yeah, a, as that, a... that was actually an interesting concept just because it was different than their other stuff. Yeah, it turns out when he opens his mouth, he's a super boring-ass villain. Ah. And so he's just like, I'm going to go take over the, the Crystal Empire. This is, like, eight minutes into the episode. So he takes okay. over the Crystal Empire right away. And then they go to stop him, and then, like, ten minutes later, they defeat him with the Elements of Harmony... And it's like, okay, that's the end of part one. And what happened in part two? Bunch of more stupid bullshit, basically. Oh, no. So, so is like, actually, like, he's not really defeated. He comes back, he destroys the elements of Harmony, and starts taking over um, uh, Canterlot. And then it turns out they had the elements of Harmony inside him all along, so they just defeat him with their, with their normal deus ex power, but without the actual thing. It's just, it was inside them all along. Congratulations, you win. And then Celestia and Luna are like, you know what, maybe you aren't ready to, to rule just yet. But when you are ready, we, you can have the kingdom and we're going to retire. And you can you can raise and lower the sun or some shit. And so the end of season 9 is probably going to be that. Twilight becomes a bureaucrat. It was really bad. And there weren't any songs. Oh. Uh, well. Okay. So, not super uh, convinced that this will be the best season ever. Uh, Discord was fun in it, though. He he he's at least like somewhat genre savvy, right? So he's he was bearable. That's good, at least. He, so he actually, pretend- Discord <laughs> was was, yeah. the, was the king of the um the racism planet. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. And he actually he did a pretty good job with that character too, because it it's like oh look we got the actor from Star Trek to be a guest show on our fan fiction show, and it's like oh is he just gonna be Q but in like old times uh, but it's like oh no he actually acted professionally. I was pretty cool. happy with that. Yeah, he's he's great as a Discord, but it's just like well he's just Q but a weird dragon thing. <laughs> yeah, it actually works though. I I really yeah. love that. I mean, the, the show kind of almost needs that bit of edge every once in a while. We're like, here's chaotic neutral to fuck things up a bit because everything's too peaceful. Yeah. But, yeah, so that's that's ponies. Um, I think I read a comic this morning that there's a... It's a fantasy comic, and there's a lady, and she's like a lady private detective cop, and then her sidekick is a giant cat man. And I think they're doing some weird, like, racism thing in that, where he is the uh, minority character, because someone calls him a feline, and he acts like that was a slur, and he punches him in the face, and like, oh, you shouldn't have said that word. 
and I'm just like, huh. I I really like when um, eh, I like which one is this? I got mango tea. When they they do like okay, here's cartoony um animal people, but we're gonna go ahead and like force like weird like racial themes into it so that it sounds like we're being educational but they end up accidentally being more racist by like actually defining reasons why maybe people shouldn't be together like zootopia yeah like there's an actual legitimate reason why maybe you wouldn't want to trust a tiger that sits on the bus because there's a legitimate fear that he's so much larger and more deadly than you i mean yeah like when when the the predators are going feral in that movie it was it was a legitimate problem because oh they can eat us and they did at one point (laughs) the whole problem with racism is that um black people are humans just like white people are and we're not actually that different and they should be treated equally because they are equals it's really hard for like here's a bunch of little lemmings and then an elephant could sit on all of them by accident but we're all equals yeah i mean it's like "Mm." I enjoyed Zootopia a lot, but there are, you know, if you think about it a little harder than maybe they intend, things kind of fall apart, but... Yeah, oh, it's, well. a, it's a cute movie, but I hate when people say that it's, like, it's got a really good message, because it's like, well, don't look too close, because it doesn't. Either there's flaws in it, for sure. Because part of the other message is, like, you can do anything you want to do. Like, there's a bunny on the police force, even though she's really tiny and an elephant could sit on her and no one would notice. <laughs> that would actually be a really good theme for like Zootopia 2 is just like a bunch of clumsy elephants keep sitting on people and that's the <laughs> epidemic. That'd be really funny. And then they, they, they scoop all the dead people up and like turn them into pan, grill them like pancakes and feed them to the predators. Zootopia 2, Circle of Life. Well, it's more of an oval, but... <laughs> oh, they should just do a live-action Zootopia. God. Where they use like CGI animals to reenact the same scenes that the CGI cartoons already did. I feel like that would work better than the Lion King thing because <laughs> the whole the li- the cartoon Lion King style like it just doesn't work. If they're gonna try for songs and it's like oh look Simba's dancing around while he's singing I just can't wait to be king but he looks like a real fucking lion. Like, there's going to be some, like, uh, the Uncanny Valley shit going on there, maybe, or just some weird dissonance. This isn't what this is supposed to look like. Yeah. And then, and then in my mind, I'm like, that's not what Scar sounds like. Who's yeah, this, who's I didn't, this chump I didn't being care Scar? For... Yeah, that was a little... I don't know. Scar uh... sounds like Snape. Uh... Okay, oh, so... Uh... Yeah. Update on that Tholian ship. Okay. I'm reading these stats. I don't like these stats at all. Oh, really? Um, They have some good like perks on the side. But I'm looking at this one where... It's weird. It's a carrier ship. So you get these two like little helper ships that will help you make webs. And that's a fun theme. But it's like when they're out, you lose a lot of stats. So it almost wants you to keep your carrier ships inside... So you don't get that debuff. But then on top of that, I'm looking at the weapons, and there's three four weapons and three aft weapons, which is it's, uh, it's two weapons less than my current one, which means a lot more, you know, I got more lasers going out than this one does. 
So I don't know if these are actually good ships or not. I like how you just sent me a picture of a fox like with a dead rabbit in its mouth. Yeah, it's Utopia live action. <laughs> if I scroll up, the stuff you sent me is just like this weird smorgasbord of just... <laughs> I don't even know half the time. It's great. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of obnoxious. No, it's it's fun. You're you're trying. Hasn't what, what what did Joe say that one time? Like Cameron keeps sending me weird things on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> you're not obnoxious, Cameron. You're sexy like Mister Rogers. Yeah, but he got a TV show. You know, there's still time. Oh no. You just got to get really become friends with kids and do a puppet show. Actually, you're right. I do a puppet show, don't I? Yeah, you, you're already halfway there. <laughs> I, man, I love my puppet show. And, you, you know, know, it's weird. We did that show about puppets, and I didn't bring up my show. Correct. So I, I, w- made, I was, wasn't sure why. Yeah, I, I completely forgot. <laughs> so I, I made Greg the Game Wizard, yep. and the, the concept was, like, with the name... I wanted it to be so bland and stupid that anybody could come up with it. And I wanted the puppet to look so bland and stupid that, like, anybody could make it. Mm-hmm. And so it's this trashy felt. It's, like, 2D. It's not a proper, like, puppet. And you can actually see some, like, wire hanger and hot glue, like, sticking out the side a little bit. Because he's, like, falling apart a little bit at all times. Yep. And there's just these details like that that I find very charming. And I just love my puppet so much. And I love doing these stupid skits where I just have green screen effects and nothing actually happens. And it's like, I do these just to entertain people that I know. So whenever, like, I get a stranger that says, oh, that was kind of funny. It's like, really? Ooh. (laughs) I like it when you have, like, that really nice Star Trek plate and you pour vodka in it. You're just like, let's look into the future. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't know... I don't know if anyone even, like, picked up on the joke there. Because I don't know if people know that much, like, magic stuff. You're, are you familiar with, like, you know, like a... What are those, like, a saucer that you, you would pour water in to use as a mirror? Yeah, I mean, uh, it's some, like, more fairy tale kind of thing, right? But it's sort of, yeah, like, a, a divination mirror that you're making. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people don't know what a divination mirror is. And Maybe? The the joke is that like it has to be like perfectly clear for you to get a clear picture out of it. So it's like, well you have to get something that's pure and and beautiful, so I have a picture of Riker. <laughs> and that and you're using vodka because it's cause it's a clear liqueur instead it's, of a I'm column. using the magic fire water from my father's cabinet. <laughs> uh I love puppets. You know, if, if you, when you come down here, we should uh, we should do an episode of Greg the Game Wizard. Actually, yeah. Do you have any woods? Yeah, dude. We got woods fucking everywhere. <laughs> Let's go to the woods, and I want to just like I want I want the skit to be about like being lost in the woods. I would I would enjoy that. I think that would be a funny thing to try. Like it would be funny if it's like Minecraft Let's Play. And so it's there, like, well, here's a, here, kids, here's a magic spell, so you can be in Minecraft, and there's, like, a puff of smoke, and then it's just, like, in the woods, and <laughs> it's like, well, where am I? <laughs> I don't know where I am. 
What do you What do you film it on? Just like your phone? Actually, I'm using a GoPro. Oh, there you go, bro. Um, but it doesn't. It, the GoPro does not pick up audio like at all. Oh, really? Um, like not not that I can use for like dialogue. So, uh, almost all my videos I actually like dub over after the fact. Interesting. But I'm looking for a decent mic because I know there's good mics out there. And I want something that I could like hook up to my phone and just use my phone instead and do one take instead of like redubbing and trying to sync things. Because also that I can do the voice work um, because it's just me rambling while I like wave a puppet in front of a camera. Right. But getting some of the sound effects is actually really hard and getting that to sync up right is hard. Sure. So I would like to have a setup where I could plug a microphone in my phone and record something and actually like talk to somebody or if there's something on the TV, pick up on that a little bit. You know, like I've had ideas that it's like it's not worth figuring out, so I don't do it. I know you would need a special cable to hook into your phone because you can't just plug one into the uh, headphone jack. Like there's ways around it, but you, you would need a couple of extra things. Yeah, I, I don't know what kind of investment that's going to be to actually get that working. Because the other thing I like about my channel is that it looks like garbage. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, I'm not going for like DIY. a production. Yeah, I'm not going for this like high production value thing. Like, like very much, I'm not exaggerating when I say um, Stuart the Sock is my inspiration. Yep. But I don't go in the same direction he does. I'm trying to do my own thing, but with that DIY... You know, I literally got this at Hobby Lobby today feeling. Is there a, is there a microphone input on your GoPro? Uh, let me grab it real quick. Because there might be. No. Really? That's a bummer. And and the thing is, it's kind of designed to take a tumble and to be, like, waterproof and stuff. So it gets into this, like, hard case that's impenetrable. Like, I get why there's not a hook in there to just kind of make the microphone work better. Because it's not the intent. It was just like the cheapest camera I could find sure. that did video. Oh man, someone you know that black hole picture that's been going around. Someone just photoshopped it with uh, Frieza with his finger up, like he's getting ready to cast a, a <laughs> big old big old key explosion, and I like that one. That's nice. That's good. It's a good use of breaking science technology. Oh, did you start watching um, Steven Universe yet? Yeah, I just I started season five yesterday. No, two days ago. So I'm six episodes in. Okay, how, episodes how are you looking at so far? It was funny. Episode five, the gym showed up, and I was like, "Oh my god!" It's been like, I feel like six or seven episodes since they've been in an episode. Oh yeah, it. it you can tell they're inspired by anime, but they didn't have to do the fillers. Mm-hmm. It's a little. I don't know. They're not all bad, but... Well, it's funny, right? Like, so Steven gets back from his adventure in space where his friend dies and comes back to life. And then the first thing he does is hangs out with the mayor of Beach City for an episode. Yes. <laughs> so he can learn a lesson that he would probably realistically just understand off the get-go. And it's just like, what is this? This is ridiculous. This this is in kind of a bad way, but it's only 11 minutes, and then we moved on to a different one, so... It's been fun. I'm I'm That's curious good. to see how it will eventually end. I've been told that season five is not perfect. 
And so we'll see what they end up. Yeah, I what think what mistakes um, they make. I think the finale is really strong because it left me like emotionally excited. Mm-hmm. I think there's a couple story beats where they bring back this character. No, nothing changed or improved, but they're back again. And there's yeah. a fight scene. It's like okay, yeah, it's fun. Um, I don't. I do you like Lapis? Been... I feel like Lapis, Lapis gets more. Cool. Yeah, I think she gets more screen time this season. She gets a really good song, actually. Yeah, I'm excited for that. Yeah, she's fun. I I I, I think that's the last time we talked about the show. Like to me, they use Lapis and Peridot like kind of the perfect amount. I don't love either character, but they're enjoyable when they're around. But I'm always afraid that if they're around too much, I will be annoyed by them. Yeah. And because, some people are, some people aren't. Yeah, because I, I really like the three main gems. Like, they all have, like, really interesting flaws and a really good dynamic. And so, to me, like, the core story is the three gems and Steven, or I guess the four gems, because he's a crystal gem, too. And I like Connie a lot. I like Lion. But I also like it when it's just the four main characters doing gym shit. Like, so we'll see, you know, depending on what they do with the cast. Because it is a big cast of characters now, and... and I'm largely in the assumption that they'll handle it right. Like, I feel like the writing is usually pretty good in this show. They've pulled off some pretty impressive stuff uh, just on a narrative front. So, we'll see. Yeah, we'll do a full Steven Universe review when you're done. Yeah, that'll probably be a couple weeks, three weeks, yeah, maybe. Yeah, but I want to ask, the, what do you think of the new opening? Oh, when um when it changed and he's just like, uh, he's like definitely part of the team in it. Yeah. And uh, there's like a kind of a, an electric guitar riff now, and uh, and part of it with uh, Greg playing. I like it. it. It is like a cool way to show how he's changed over the course of the show. I like it. You saw the extended one, right? Where it's like no. Oh, so you haven't seen the full thing? No, they I've do... only seen like the 15 second version. Okay, they they do this cute thing where. Um... It's when Steven was a lot younger before he moved in with the gems and they're still building the house. Oh. And Greg's like, oh, like, hey, um, like, oh, oh, or like the gems come over and Greg's like, boy, I'm having fun building the house. And I'm like, oh, hey, look, Steven's playing with his ukulele I gave him. And Pearl's like, oh, Steven, you, you can play that? He's like, yeah, why don't you show him the song that you wrote for him? And Steven's kind of like shy. And he's like, oh, come on, you, you, did, you worked really hard on it. So he decides to sing the song that he's been working on, and it's the song from that uh, pilot episode. I don't know if I watched the pilot episode. Where they're all drawn weird? No, I didn't watch that. It was like gross looking? Not selling it to me. Wow. You did- oh, okay. So you won't even appreciate it if you saw it. <laughs> nope. <laughs> well, it's just, it's really sweet. And it's this neat nod back to where they started for the hardcore fans that were like following it since that awful Tumblr art period. <laughs> um, but it's good stuff. I it's, it's pretty good. I will say I do notice Peridot being off model a lot now that when you, yes. when, when you pointed it out, <laughs> it just seems like wow, she does kind of change in the size like every other shot she's in. Yeah, it's and funny. honestly, Pearl isn't perfect either. Um, no, I suppose not. But she has some where, like, the distance between her eyes moves a lot. I feel like sometimes but... her nose is is way bigger than it needs to be, and I'm just like, what? What is this weird angle? <laughs> Why is her and... nose so big? Yeah, it's that, and sometimes it's also like higher or lower. Mm. But I've also noticed that during an important scene, they always pay close attention to details. 
Sure. Because whenever Pearl's in like a cool fight scene or like she gets a musical number, she looks better. And it's that like makes I can sense. I can see they're they have a limited budget, but they're also prioritizing the important stuff. I mean that's what anime does, right? You get like yeah. these weird shots where no one moves but the mouth, and then you have like that fight scenes where everything is moving at you know sixty for not sixty like twenty frames yeah. per second or whatever they run. It's at. another lesson they learned from anime, but they're putting it to good use. Considering the, the limits, the show has never gotten me anywhere near close to tears. I like um, the, I like the characters enough, but I haven't. I don't think, and I'm usually yeah. impressed when it pulls off an emotional moment, but not like. I'm not invested enough to like be see, that invested, I guess. I don't want to overhype it, but I think the finale for this season actually did kind of get me worked up that way. But not compared to I don't I I think I've cared more about certain My Little Pony episodes. Sure. But it's still it's up there. The uh but I'm a big wiener. <laughs> It's funny, like, because I, I just finished watching um, A Place Farther Than the Universe, which is an anime about four high school girls going to an a- Antarctica. And uh, it's actually really pretty good. It's one I've been watching for a while and then kind of stopped watching when I started watching Steven Universe. Um, but I knew the ending to it going in because my brother had watched it. And he basically was, he talked me through the whole show because he didn't think I'd ever get around to watching it. And it's like, if I had not known the ending to it going in, I probably would have just, like, cried like a goddamn baby because it was so <laughs> sad and mean. Like, just like this, it wasn't, like, mean, mean, but it was, like, what they made the main character go through. Because her mother died in Antarctica, so she wants to go to Antarctica to, like, get closure. And uh, the the closer, closure she gets is just like, Jesus, <laughs> that was, that was some need therapy shit, I think. You know, like, I, I was... It was pretty, and then they, like they hold the shot for a while, and like, oh my god, <laughs> it was good. That's good. And what was that called again? Uh, a place further than the universe. Would you say that's your glad space or your sad space? No, like, like, we can do that as the glad space. I, I had a different one. If I talked about contrapoints, because that was going to be mine this week. Uh no. So contrapoints is a cool YouTube channel where uh. A lady does a lot of discussions, most a lot of like socio political things, but she's got a really cool sense of humor and a really great sense of like style and makeup and she's just really like really well presented arguments and she knows exactly when to put jokes in and how to time them and she has like I really dig her sense of humor. Uh, she focuses a lot on uh, transgender stuff uh, and gender politics and uh, things like that. Not entirely, but it is the lens she looks. At uh, at these things through, and it's good shit. It's it's a good YouTube channel if you want to kill some time and learn some stuff, and have a chuckle. That's good. That's contra points. Yep. Okay, I got mine. Uh, my glad space is gonna be. Uh, I was at Walmart. Where'd it go? I was at Walmart, and they don't have a Mega Bloks section anymore. Okay. And so it's like. That's kind of a bummer, because I've been trying to get those alien ones. Oh, yeah. Fred, we talked talked about that a while back. They're, they're just like the minifigs, though. There's not like actual sets. Yeah, just the minifigs. But one of the, the franchises they got is He-Man. And they're going to have like a Castle Skull eventually. But I guess hmm. they're not going to have it at Walmart, because Walmart doesn't sell them anymore. But I did find the last box of... Uh, 
Masters of the Universe minifigs, and it's like a five set. Oh, cool. So it's got He-Man, but it's also got Skeletor and Tila and Beast Man and Faker. And Faker's cool, because he's stupid. <laughs> um, do you know Do you know which one Faker is? No. So Skeletor is like, I'll get that He-Man. I'll trick everyone by making my own He-Man. That's mine. And so he makes a He-Man clone, but he comes out like blue with orange hair. Oh. And no one can tell the difference. It's like, is that He-Man? But he's with Skeletor? It's like, no, he's blue. <laughs> like, what is your problem? So they, they did this great uh, robot chicken sketch where it's like recreating that and just emphasizing how stupid it is. And there's like a party where He-Man shows up, but it's really faker. And it was like, oh, He-Man's here. Yeah. And they're all like just drinking beer and having fun. And everybody likes faker more than He-Man. And Prince Adam's there the whole time watching this. And he's like, I, that guy's not He-Man. What the heck? So he like sneaks out, <laughs> transforms into He-Man, and shows him and says, it is I, the real He-Man. And everyone's like, well, yeah, but you're boring. <laughs> we don't <laughs> care. <laughs> and so they're all having fun with Faker. And he's like, you can't let this guy be in here. He's not real. I'm the real He-Man. So then the, the king is there. And he's like, okay, let's have a vote. Um, everybody that thinks the blue guy is the real He-Man, hands up. And, like, everybody's hands go up. And it's like, okay, everybody that thinks the boring He-Man is the real He-Man, everybody hands up. And then just He-Man and Faker raise their hands. Like, Faker's not even <laughs> pretending. <laughs> and like, well, it's decided. And they, and they execute He-Man. And then party all night. Oh, that's good. So anyways, now I can recreate that with Mega Bloks. There you go. That's my glad space. Um, I'm single, ladies. <laughs> uh, we have fun here. We do, and I hope you guys have fun listening. Um, you can follow us on Facebook. Uh, I sometimes post bad pictures there. That's all. Yeah, you can. Uh, if you go to thecomicspodcast.com, you can read my short stories. I'll, I I posted my one dumb fan fiction, my Batman fan fiction. So that's up. If anybody wants to read that drunken mess, and then in the next few days I'll be posting a new one uh, uh, that people seem to like. I want to I brag and rights challenge with it. Look, I had the most votes, so that's cool. Oh, one more thing about the comics podcast. You guys did a, a music special last week. Yes, we did. That was That fun. turned out pretty fun. If anybody out there isn't interested in comic books... Check out the comics podcast and listen to the music episode, because I think you'll find the guys are fun, and that's what matters. Also, but, there's lots of clips of music in there, so if you want to know yeah, what, what music what to listen to. What surprised me was the variety. Um, I was expecting everything to kind of sound the same, but everybody... You, you guys all brought some like interesting stories to everything, and uh, it was like a musical journey. I really enjoyed that episode. Yeah, it was, it was really cool. Uh, I feel like mine... My picks were like the least homo- like the, the most homogenous because it's just like here's a bunch of metal stuff and then like the one that isn't, um, but even on the metal spectrum, it all has pretty different sound. So, so check that out, yeah, get 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 something from the Tarzan soundtrack stuck in your head. It's easy, you can do it. <laughs> it's horrible, won't go away. <laughs> well, I I guess that's all. Um, yep. Let's next play video week, games. Yeah, next week let's try and stay on topic, or not, because I like yeah. making fun of furries also. On topic, more like on topping. 
Hint, hint, wink, wink. What will we talk about? Ice cream. Oh, I got, I got Ben and Jerry's. I gotta finish. Gummy bears. You. I don't like you... gummies. Oh no, you don't. No. Well, I don't know what to do with that information. <laughs> Scorned Good... me. Good night, everybody. Night.